Welcome to another edition of Ben's Bets Podcast. This podcast is going to be a little bit shorter this week just because day before Thanksgiving. I'm sure everyone's got some stuff to do, places to be, people to meet. So uh, I'm not going to hold you for too long here today. So quick wrap-up of last week. Last week I went 5-4-1. and one. Not the greatest week I've had, but still in the positive, and that marks my fifth consecutive week in the positive. So it's now been a month since... I started this podcast, and every single week I've been in the positive. So you tell me who knows college football. So recapping last week, TCU minus seven hit for me. They um, pulled ahead against Texas Tech when they came 27-3. Mississippi State minus 12. They only won by seven against Arkansas. I mean, Mississippi State fumbled in their own end zone. They had the weirdest fumble maybe I've ever seen in which they Arkansas fumbled the ball. And Mississippi State somehow kicked the ball towards their own end zone, and Arkansas picked it up at the one. So you're not going to win many bets when teams are somehow having 40-yard fumbles and, you know, they can't move the ball regularly. So Mississippi State didn't hit. Rutgers plus 11. Rutgers absolutely laid an egg. I thought they'd come out stronger. They had bowl implications on the line. They were plus 11. I thought they could cover that at least. They got blown out by Indiana 41 nothing. So not feeling too good there. Iowa State minus 9 against Baylor. They did cover for me there. They won by 10. Uh, That line shot up to minus 9.5 right before kickoff. Iowa State still found a way to get it done. It was close there at the end, nail-biting a little bit, but they covered for me. Utah State minus 11. I mean, Utah State's my team. When I bet on them, you know they're going to cover. I had them at minus 11. I told you last podcast I liked them so much that I accidentally bet them twice. That's how much I liked it. While they won that game 41-0 against Hawaii. So they easily covered for me. Syracuse plus 13. Same thing really with Rutgers. Wasn't too confident about the pick, but I thought there was a chance they could cover for me against Louisville. Louisville's not the greatest this year, obviously. I mean, Lamar Jackson's still having a beast year. But regardless, I thought Syracuse could cover plus 13. I believe Syracuse was home in that game as well, and they didn't cover at all. They lost 56-10, got blown out of the water. Shout out to Syracuse for blowing that for me. And then Iowa minus 7.5, they played Purdue. Purdue, Iowa was coming off a, a tough loss to Wisconsin. They didn't play real well against Wisconsin. I thought they bounced back. They were having trouble moving the ball against Wisconsin, so that scared me a little bit. But Purdue just lost to Northwestern, so I figured Iowa was at home. I figured, you know... They could cover at seven and a half point favorites. They didn't cover for me, so they lost that game outright, 21 to nine, I believe, something like that. So started the day three and three. Uh, I'm sorry, three and four. Not feeling too, not feeling too good. Army plus three. That game was something else between Army and North Texas. They were going back and forth, touchdown, 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 touchdown. 49-49 at the end of that game. I had a feeling a bad beat was coming. I picked it at plus three. North Texas won the game on a game-winning field goal with no time left, so they won by three, so that game was a push. Not the end of the world. That I was feeling pretty confident about that Army pick, though. So Army kind of let me down. They uh, muffed a punt at their own seven, I believe. So again, not going to win many many games when you're muffing punts at your own seven and the other teams are covering at your five-yard line. And then to close out the night, San Diego State made it close, but Rashad Penny ran away. Uh, he had a I believe a 100-yard kickoff return, like another 70-yard run for a touchdown. So did the job there, covered at minus 16. So that ended my day at 4-4-1, and, and then the Eagles on Sunday Night Football did what they did. 
We're losing actually a half. Kind of scary. Their opening drive was impressive. Drove right down the field. Mixed in some run. Mixed in some pass. Carson Wentz was looking like a beast like always. And then Dallas kind of was not controlling the game. But the Eagles just couldn't get anything going on offense. I picked them at three and a half point favorites on the road in Arlington. And uh, in the second half, they showed why they are the best team in the NFL. Pulled away easily from the Dallas Cowboys. And proved my point yet again that Dak Prescott is a quarterback. Dak won't win you a game. He's going to keep you in the game. He's he's a le- he's a poor man's Alex Smith. That's what he is. He's not that impressive at all. And he's getting exposed now that Ezekiel Elliott is suspended for six games. So I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if the Cowboys went 0-6 without Zeke. These announcers, they can cry and moan about Sean Lee and Tyron Smith. But the Eagles had injuries as well with Sproles, Peters, Jordan Hicks was out. I mean, they played that game basically without a kicker. Jake Elliott was concussed. Needless to say, you know, not too impressed with the Cowboys. So the Eagles minus three and a half covered for me. So again, I finished another week in the positive. So now, overall, I'm 30, 20, and 2. 30 and 20, that's 50 games. I've won 30 of them. That's 60% right on the dot. I mean, I've, I've picked 50 games now, and I'm 60%, so I'm proving to you guys that I can stay at 60%. Coming up this next week, I had another slate of games. Uh, I'm not going to get too in-depth with the picks. You know, I like I said, it's going to be a shorter episode. I got things to do. You got things to do. We all got things to do. And eventually, this weekend, we're all just going to be sitting there watching football, basketball, you know, having a good little holiday time. So I'll kick us off. Uh, I, I picked, like always, nine college games, one NFL game. So to start, and I'm going to release this podcast now because tomorrow everyone's busy. And then Friday, there's actually a, a good slate of games in college football that I have some picks in. And I wanted to get it out so that people have time to get their bets in before the lines move a little bit and do what they do. Because I know usually Vegas might hear this and then they're like, oh, Ben's hitting at 60% and he bet these teams might have to raise the lines a little bit. So, and that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. First games first, we have TCU against Baylor. Uh, TCU, TCU covered for me last week. This week, they're, they're still ranked number 12th in the country. They're nine and two. They're playing a bad Baylor team. Baylor's only, only win is against Kansas. Baylor's 1-7 in the conference, like I said, and Baylor's defense is letting up about 460 yards per game. Kenny Hill's still playing pretty well right now, not Heisman level at all by any means, but he's still playing pretty well. And TCU has a, if TCU wins this game, they're in the Big 12 championship game. They'd probably face up against Oklahoma, barring any, actually they would face against Oklahoma, even if Oklahoma lost against West Virginia. TCU, I think they're 24-point favorites here. They're playing at home. I think Gary Patterson's got to get them riled up. I know they're probably looking forward to Oklahoma next week. However, if TCU loses this game, um, then that muddies the waters even more. And I think they would still get in because they do have the tiebreaker against Oklahoma State. But Baylor's been playing a little bit better, which is a little bit scary here because this line's jumping up a little bit. Right now it's at minus 24 at least in the book I use. But, I mean, Baylor's still letting up about 35 points per game and only scoring 24 I, and TCU puts the ball in the end zone a lot. So give me TCU minus 24 in this game. Uh, I think they cover. Uh, it's a 12 o'clock game on Friday in Friday afternoon, so right after Thanksgiving. So hopefully TCU can jump on them early, get Baylor feeling how Baylor feels usually, which is behind, and they have to throw the ball a lot. 
and uh, get that TCU defense going. So give me TCU minus 24. Okay, the next game I'm going to go into is Ohio versus Buffalo. A little maxion. This time not on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but on a Friday afternoon. So Ohio is 8-3. and three. They're going up against Buffalo, who's 5-6. and six. Ohio's 5-2 and two in the MAC, and Buffalo is 3-4 and four in the MAC. So Ohio's definitely the superior team in their conference. I, I like Ohio a lot. A couple weeks ago, I picked against them, against Toledo, and they blew out Toledo, who was an 8-1 team at the time. So Ohio's shown me a lot. Pretty good defense, pretty good offense. Overall, I think Ohio's 8-3 against the spread. Um, so they've been covering a lot for me and for everyone else, really. So give me Ohio uh, minus 3.5. I'm sorry, minus 4.5. That line jumped up a little bit. But I'll still take a minus 4.5, Ohio minus 4.5. Last week, Buffalo only beat Ball 40-24. to I know I say only beat, but Ball's not a good team at all. Last week, Ohio did lose to Akron, whose Akron's a pretty good team. They just blew out Kent, I believe, Kent State. But give me Ohio minus three or four, minus four and a half. I like them to cover in this game and a little, a little maxion on a Friday afternoon instead of a Tuesday night when all us degenerates are just fiending for a little action. So next game, maybe the best rivalry game in college football, Ohio State at Michigan. Ohio State's ranked ninth in the country. If they win, I believe they're they're into the Big Ten championship game. I don't think anyone can catch them in their division. I know Wisconsin's in on the other side as well, but Ohio State needs a big win here because they have to impress the playoff committee. Ohio State has a loss against Oklahoma, and that loss against Iowa is eating at them because Iowa's not a ranked team. Iowa's not good really at all now that Wisconsin and Purdue have beaten them as well. So Ohio State needs to look very impressive in these two games, and Urban Meyer knows that. So the line right now is at minus 12. Now it is a rivalry game, so you know obviously Harbaugh's going to bring his best, Michigan's going to bring their best. But if, if Michigan loses this game, they're 8-4, and 5-4 and four in the conference. I mean, when Harbaugh came into Michigan a couple years ago, they were thinking national championship in three, four years. And he's almost kind of regressed in, you know, his success there. So he started out with, I believe, his best record ever there at 11-3. and three. And now the past year he was 10-4, and four, and now this year... He might go 8-4, and four, and if they lose the bowl game, 8-5. and five. So not good for Jimmy H. up there in Ann Arbor. Uh, this game, I believe it's it's a 12 o'clock game. Like I said, Ohio State blew out Illinois last week. That was expected. They beat Michigan State bad a couple weeks ago. Ohio State's offense, one of the best in the nation. JT Barrett's playing very well. They're, Ohio State's rushing about 250 yards on the ground per game. That's a lot of yards. Uh, between J.K. Dobbins and J.T. Barrett, they're both racking up some yards. And their defense is only allowing about 291 yards per game. Now, Michigan's defense is better. Michigan's defense is keeping teams. I believe Michigan's last five games, they're 3-2, and two, but they only let up 24 points to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's not a great offense, but we'll see. You know, Michigan's kind of been teetering back and forth in the top 25, not in the top 25. So this is their chance you know, if they beat Ohio State, uh, I don't see why the committee doesn't put them in the high 20s again going into bowl season. And that would really ruin Ohio State's season, and that's all Michigan wants to do. But I still think Ohio State is just the far superior team. Ohio State's put them up about 45 points per game. Give me Ohio State minus 12 in this game. 
so far I've only picked favorites, but that's going to change in a little bit. You know me, nine games, I'm going to even it out a little bit. So the next game I'm actually going to pick is a favorite, and that's FAU against Charlotte. They're at Charlotte, FAU is. FAU's been pretty impressive this year, I'm not going to lie. Lane Kiffin kind of resurrected that program. They weren't really that bad, but they've really turned it on recently. They're getting about 475 yards per game on offense. They're just blowing teams out of the water. I mean, last week they put up 42. The week before that, they put up 48. Um, against North Texas, who's a pretty good team, they put up 69 points a couple weeks ago. Charlotte, on the other hand, Charlotte's 1-10. in 10. They're 1-10. in 10. Uh, they're 1-6 they're in conference. FAU is 7-0 in conference. Now, what scares me a little bit is FAU has their conference championship game coming up. So, a little bit, you know, worried about that. But, I, I mean, I think 21 and a half right now is West Virginia, or I'm sorry, Florida Atlantic's beating everyone by like 21 and a half right now, so let alone the worst team in their conference. Give me FAU minus 21 and a half. I started off with four favorites. So, that's now going to change. But, yeah, give me FAU Minus 21 and a half. That game starts at 2 o'clock on Saturday. All right. Next game I'm going to talk about, Old Dominion versus Middle Tennessee. Now, Middle Tennessee last week played a weird game against Western Kentucky. They, that game was like 10 to 6 in like the fourth quarter. Next thing you know, it's tied 24-24. And then next thing you know, they're in three overtimes. And Western Kentucky wins 41-38. Old Dominion beat Rice last week. They had a, a big spread against Rice, couldn't cover that, which is a little bit scary. Both these teams are 4-7 and seven against the spread. Middle Tennessee's home, and they're a 12-point home favorite. Old Dominion's a 12-point dog on the road. But Old Dominion, they're 3-4 and four in their conference. Middle Tennessee is 3-4 and four in their conference. So these teams have played the same exact teams. They've pretty much beaten and lost to the same exact teams. So I think plus 12 is a reach here. I think Old Dominion, I don't know if Old Dominion wins this game, but I do think they cover in this game. What scares me a little bit is Old Dominion's defense, they're, especially their their um, rush defense, rushing defense. They're letting up about almost 200 yards a game uh, against the other team's offense rushing the ball. So that scares me a little bit in comparison. Middle Tennessee's only letting up about 130 yards rushing the ball to other teams. So that could be a difference in this game, but it's a rivalry game like always. So... I think it's going to be closer than you think. Both these teams have the same record of 5-6 and six overall, 3-4 and four in the conference. So, I mean, I think this game is just closer than a 12-point spread. So give me Old Dominion plus 12 there. Okay, next game I'm going to talk about Northwestern at Illinois. This line surprised me a little bit, only because Northwestern is playing pretty well right now. I, I can't tell you. I know they've won um, at least their past five. I believe maybe they've won their past six. They're 8-3. First time really ever I think they've been ranked this high, if ranked at all. And they're playing Illinois, who's the sewer of the Big Ten, to say the least, in football. They're 0-8 in the conference. They got blown out last week at the Horseshoe in Columbus. Um, Northwestern's 22 right now. Northwestern had a very, very impressive win against Minnesota. They beat them 39-0. That line was 7.5 in that game. I thought that was appropriate. Northwestern showed they were the far superior team. So P.J. Fleck still has got some work to do there in Minnesota. But Northwestern's playing well right now. They are playing well. Their offense is getting about 400 yards a game. Their defense is, is not the greatest. Uh, they're letting up about 370 yards. But, I mean, Illinois is only getting 285 yards on offense. And Illinois is letting up over 400 yards on defense. 
So, I mean, like I said, Illinois lost their last five. Northwestern's won their last five. The spread's only 16 and a half. So, basically, you know, Northwestern win that game by 17. Now, Northwestern is going on the road, and this is, you know, not necessarily Illinois' Super Bowl, but it is their last time to play. So, Lovey Smith coaching Illinois. They have a, a young group of kids who they've slowly gotten better and better throughout the season, but I think Northwestern's improved a lot throughout the course of the season. Give me Northwestern minus 16 and a half. I'm pretty high on Northwestern, to be honest, right now. I, I think they're playing well, and a lot of teams are just kind of skipping over them. I mean, not too many teams have won five straight in college football right now. So give me Northwestern minus 16 and a half in that game. All right, next game we're going to go to a little 7.30 p.m. Saturday night, Texas A&M at LSU. LSU bumped up a little bit. They were 20 last week in the rankings. Now they're 18 this week. They're 8-3. and three. Overall, 5-2 and two in the conference. Texas A&M is one worse in both categories. They're 7-4 and four and 4-3 four and three in the conference. LSU's playing pretty well right now. I'm not going to lie. They just beat Tennessee by 20. Beat Arkansas a couple weeks ago by um, 23. And then lost to Alabama, as we all know. Texas A&M isn't playing that bad themselves. They lost against Mississippi State. And they lost against Auburn. And they lost against Alabama earlier in the year. I remember that. So three of their losses are against, what, top 14 teams? So, I mean, that's not too bad, to say the least. Now, LSU, they kind of have rebounded since that loss from Troy. They beat Auburn the next week. But regardless, I think Texas A&M, this, this line's a 10.5-point spread right now. That's a lot of points in a rivalry game. I think these teams are fairly matched. LSU's doing a much better job running the ball. They're getting about 50 more yards on the ground than Texas A&M is, but both offenses are about the same, and A&M's only letting up about 50 more yards on defense. 10 points is a lot of points. Give me Texas A&M plus 10.5 down in Baton Rouge. Next game we're going to go into is the Apple Cup, Washington State versus Washington. I, I looked real quick at ESPN. ESPN was given Washington an 85% chance to win this game. Washington is home. But both these teams have the same exact record overall at 9-2. Both of them have the same record in conference, which is 6-2. Washington State's ranked higher. Both of Washington's losses, I believe, have been... Well, no, Stanford wasn't ranked when they lost to them. But regardless, both these teams I see are about even. Washington does have a better defense. They're letting up only about 15 points per game. In comparison, Washington State's letting up about 23 points per game. But this line started at... uh, Nine and a half, and I was like, hmm, there's that thing's definitely going to go down, and it's actually only gone up, and now it's at plus 10. So I think for a value play here, Washington State 7-4 against the spread. you got to go Washington State plus 10 in this game. These, It's a rivalry game, and I don't think Washington State's getting enough credit at all. Miles Gaskin scares me a little bit on the ground. He's already got about 1,100 yards, 15 touchdowns on the ground. Jake Browning's playing well, not as... Heisman candidate like he did last year, but he's still playing pretty well. And But on the other hand, Luke Falk isn't playing that bad himself. So, like I said, these teams are fairly even. Uh, their past two wins have actually been against the same teams. Washington State's coming off a bye coming into the Apple Cup, uh, but both teams have recently beat Utah, and Washington State beat a ranked Stanford team a couple weeks ago, and Washington lost to an unranked Stanford team a couple weeks ago. So, Give me Washington State plus 10 in this game. I really do like the Cougars, and if they win this game, I believe they can go to the Pac-12 title game, 
because they beat Stanford head to head. So if Washington now in comparison, if Washington wins this game, they won't go to the Pac-12 title game because Stanford beat Washington head to head. So Washington State has a lot much more to play for here. Uh, definitely get them chance get a chance of playing the Pac-12 championship game. They probably have to go up against USC, but I mean, hey, they get Washington State if they beat Washington then USC. They could be in the Rose Bowl, so or I'm not in the Rose Bowl, but at least in a New Year's Six Bowl because usually the Pac-12 and the Big Ten send teams to the Rose Bowl. However, this year it's a college football playoff semifinal, so it's whoever the committee ranks wherever. So Washington State could still go to a New Year's Six Bowl, but they, I think they definitely can beat Washington, and you know we'll see what happens next week against USC if they win. All right, final game. Of the college slate that I'm going to pick, my Utah State Aggies, my team, they're six and five, four and three in the conference. Are going up against Air Force. Air Force is four and seven, three and four in the conference. Now, this game is basically the the line on this game was um, Utah State or Air Force was favored by two. Excuse me. Air Force got blown out last week against Boise State. They lost to uh, Wyoming with uh, Josh Allen a couple weeks ago by fourteen, and they got shut out by Army. So they haven't won in November. Utah State, like I said, played pretty well last week against a, a, a bad Hawaii team, but still they beat them 38-0. They beat New Mexico a couple weeks. What scares me in this game is Utah State's rushing defense is letting up over 200 yards a game, and Air Force is an academy team, just like Army, just like Navy. They run the ball a lot, so they're getting about 300 yards on the ground each game. But Air Force is also letting up about 250 yards per game on the ground themselves. So Utah State's going to have to run the ball a little bit more. Utah State's 6-5 against the spread. Arizona Air Force is only 4-7 against the spread. So plus 2, Air Force, I believe, is in Colorado. So it's only a state next door to Utah, so it's not like you're traveling too far. Give me Utah State plus 2. They're my team, like I said, all three times I've bet on them this year. Um, and even before I was doing the podcast when I bet on them, they've literally won every time they are seen as an underdog. Every time. They don't even cover. They just win the game. So, I, I mean, with that logic and that theory and the results they've been given to me, I, I got to stick with them one more week. I, they can give it to me one more week. So give me Utah State plus two points there in that game. All right. Final game this week. Like always, I'm going to do my NFL pick of the week. So last week, I, I had the Eagles. Like I said, Eagles covered for me a little Sunday night. So this week, Panthers visit the Jets. This line is four and a half. The Panthers are favored by the Panthers are six and four against the spread. I think they cover in this game. You know, they're they have to win basically to stay off and play stay in playoff contention. New York's not doing that well. Um, last week, last week New York lost to the the. Um, lonely Tampa Bay um, Buccaneers. I'm sorry, two weeks ago, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were on the bye last week. But Carolina blew out Miami on a Sunday, or Monday Night Football two weeks ago. They blew them out 45-21. Carolina's playing well right now. They're 7-3. and They're 4-1 on the road. Cam Newton's not playing like MVP Cam Newton. But regardless, I mean, it's the New York Jets and the, the Jets kind of started out hot. I believe they were like 3-2 and two at one point, and now they're 4-6. and six. They're playing more like the Jets that we all know. They're 1-4 and four in their last five. Give me the Panthers, minus 4.5. 
Uh, I, I think they'll get the job done here. Panthers defense playing very well. They're only letting up 80 yards on the ground to other teams running backs or rushing attacks. In comparison, the, the Jets are letting up about 360 yards on offense each game. So I think Cam has a night. Christian McCaffrey has a night. So give me the Panthers minus four and a half. So that's going to conclude this week's podcast. As always, follow me on Twitter at Ben's underscore bets underscore pod. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. A little Wednesday edition for you coming out. Like I said, short week, but it's not a short week in the gambling world because this is a big gambling week. So, you know, I'm still out here giving you guys picks, just trying to win you a little holiday money that you can win. So Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you have a little more money to spend than you did before. So you don't have to pat me on the back. Like I said, you don't have to buy me a present. I'm just doing this for you. I'm hitting at 60% overall right now, five consecutive weekends in the positive. This podcast was probably a little bit shorter than the others. So that's going to round up this week, and I'll see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Texas.